0: Welcome to the Business of Online Teaching Podcast. This is your host, Johan. This podcast's goals are to help Udemy instructors get to know each other and be part of this vibrant community of online instructors. We will invite Udemy instructors, whether they are already successful or on their way, and we'll get to hear their successes and failures, learn their strategies, and learn how they are making money on Udemy and we will be able to turn our passion into a sustainable business. If you're already an instructor or planning to become one, this podcast is for you. Today, I have an amazing guest. His name is John Burra. Hi, John. How are you?
1: Hi there. I'm uh, great. Thank you.
0: Um, I'm really happy to have you here. Now, some of you may know, may know you as an instructor, but not under your name of John Burra they may have known you as Mammoth Interactive. So um, yes, this is it. We have the uh, great John Burra. So before I even was an instructor, I used to see Mammoth Interactive everywhere when it comes to uh, mobile development, um, you know, so John really knows how to uh, brand himself and spread his, um, his work and courses on Udemy and other platforms. So I'm really glad to have him here. And I can assure you that we're going to learn a lot of good things from him. So um, before we even get there, John, can you tell me a bit more about yourself and uh, what's your, your trade before even creating courses?
1: All right. Um, So I I was uh, I started coding in 1997. Uh, It's been a long time, and I've always uh, wanted to create things. I was uh, much into graphic design and uh, music composition as well, and I I was that uh, kid that took coding lessons at university. um, You know, (laughs) during the summer, Mm -hmm. Uh, that's what I did, and I've been developing games uh, pretty much ever since, and and it's been a long time since I started uh, to code and since it was uh, back in the 90s it was actually really hard to make a game and so you had to be very imaginative on what you could do with the code so as time goes on things have been getting easier and easier and in about 2009 I really wanted to take game development and coding real seriously and so I was looking on how to make games and how to upload apps and all of this kind of questions on how to really become an entrepreneur in the software development space. And I needed to upgrade my coding skills, right? So I I usually coded in C++, I've been coding in C++ for such a long time. And and I needed to upgrade it to C-sharp, so C-sharp is what you need. To know in order how to make an Xbox 360 game, and yeah, so you
0: were using your Unity at the time, right? That's when you moved to Unity, am I right?
1: Um, act- see the thing, and the thing is, is like things change so much. But I actually I had to hand code a C sharp. Actually, it was XNA at the time. I ah, had to that's code right. An XNA game from scratch, Whoa. and um, and so I bought this DVD set. It was uh, it was like a ten DVD set on how to code in C sharp. And within a few months, I had a game. On, on the um, on for sale for the Xbox 360. And as soon as that happened, my career just absolutely skyrocketed. People wanted to work with me. They wanted to, you know, they wanted to hire me. And it's been up ever since. And so, ever since that game, I've been releasing apps onto the App Store, uh, games, uh, uh, HTML5 games, and I've also been producing courses because people always ask me, so how do you make a game? How do you make an app? So. I produce that content and people uh, love the content. Uh, I have about 200,000 students worldwide on wow. different platforms. Congratulations.
0: That's a, that's a huge step for any instructor would definitely love to even get half of this would be great.
1: <laughs> I I yeah I, I know it's it's kind of mind-boggling to me too.
0: I know like the rich nowadays people can have you no know, 200,000 students. You know, even a, a classroom teacher if you count 30 to 40 uh, students a semester, how many students are they going to get by the end of their career? Maybe, what, 2,000, 3,000? And, you know, you just, you know, blasted their numbers. Congratulations on reaching so many people. Well, thank you. Okay, so I see. So now, uh, winding back in uh, 2016 now, um, are you still just focusing on um, on app and game development? Or have you, I mean, since now you've, um, you know, you've acquired so much Uh, so much knowledge when it comes to the entrepreneur side of things. Have you also, you know, shifted into the entrepreneurial side of teaching?
1: Yes. Uh, So um, I do have, I do have a course on how I, uh, how I make, courses and how how I, I make money as an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. But my, my day usually focuses, I make some courses, I make some uh, software to upload. It's pretty much kind of everything uh, that you would see. Um, I try to make sure that I don't focus too much on one specific area because I find that if I focus on nothing but app development, my code gets a little bit sloppy. And if I focus too much on the courses, I don't actually release any content. So by releasing apps and making courses, they actually they actually work very well together to make me a better developer and an entrepreneur altogether.
0: Yes. And I totally agree with you because I do the same thing when it comes to the iOS development world. And I can assure you that. Um, the majority of uh, programmers out there, their main problem is that they might be great programmers, but when it comes to explaining people what they are doing, they're, they're really stuck at it. I'm sorry to say it, but there's no other words than this. Um, even my my own brother, you know, he's a you know he's a lead software engineer in a big company, and uh, he's really good at what he does. But when sometimes I ask him to explain to me uh, something specific that he's doing or he's showing me something, there's no word or barely any w- really you know method that comes out of this. And I, I tell him, you know, he may be a great programmer, but that's where it stops. And the best way the best way to actually understand or learn something and to make sure you master it is to actually teach it to someone else. That's when it really comes clear in your own mind. Right, John?
1: Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Another thing that's coding specific is sometimes I look at other people's code on GitHub mm-hmm. and I find that most people's code is needlessly complex. And when I go and teach something and I try and bring it down to its core elements, my code, my commercial code that I release is a lot simpler, it's a lot neater, it's, and it's a lot smaller, first of all, like I could condense three pages into one page of code, and it's, it's just more efficient all around. So if you, if you are a coder, you should try teaching something, uh, try teaching your methods to a complete beginner. Your code will actually be better, and you'll be a better coder as a result.
0: You, I definitely agree with that. Um, people tend to over-engineer things, um, not just in the software world, but in any other um, uh, industries. And one of the reasons is that, um, like as myself, as a as, as a programmer, when I work in enterprise level type of uh, you know company, um, one thing is that people used to uh, to uh, you know like uh, look at at people that had complex c- code as gods. I'm not kidding, you know, if your code was more complex, or if they were doing something that, uh, that was using some uh, some obscure ways, then people were looking at them as gurus. However, many of the things that they were doing could have been done as very simple uh, loops or iterations, things that, you know, even an entry level could do. Now, were their code more efficient or not? You know, it's, uh, it's, it's a matter of, of judgment here. Yes, it may be a little bit uh, more efficient, but you have to understand that code does not have to be efficient hundred percent of the time some tasks have to be meant to be efficient but most of the time they don't really need that uh, level of uh, of uh, of uh, performance now having said that uh, wh- what's your take on this stone um
1: so so when i mean efficiency one of the things that i had to learn the hard way and you know i find the best way to learn anything is to learn it the hard way but i've actually had some pro- uh, programs that have never got released because mm-hmm. i made the code too kind of verbose. And so one of the things with efficiency and you probably talk about talk about this too in in your courses is that you know if you label your variables something that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know when when it comes down to crunch time and you have to release, you're going to know what that variable does, right? Mm-hmm. And if you label it something that doesn't make any sense, you're kind of um you, you kind you, you kind of backtrack and you think, well, I, I don't know what's going on and that whole process takes a long time. Remember, when you get your app ready for the App Store, there's a, there's a whole bunch of extra kind of polishing that you have to do. So right. when I say efficiency, if you make your code easy to understand, that polishing part's gonna be very easy to do.
0: Yes, definitely, especially if you're trying to collaborate with other people on the code. Um, if they can easily understand what you wrote and can easily add to it, then, it is more performing to me than it would be for somebody that's trying to create some perf- performant code. But it's not performing as well when it comes to collaborating.
1: Absolutely, and you know I always say this. You know, if you were to give your code to someone else, you want to make sure it makes sense to them because if you're making the uh, the program by yourself and you're paying some other person, that the time that it takes for that person to understand is t- money out of your pocket. Right. And mm-hmm. if you're, you know, kind of working, um, kind of on, you know, a, uh, if you're a freelancer, you want to make sure that your code is done as quickly as possible so you can get paid.
0: Great. So now I know that, um, um, you've had lots of success there and somehow people love your courses. So what do you think What's this secret sauce that you put in your courses that people are so fond of?
1: All right. Um, so, when I again going back to how my career kind of worked out, I really wanted to learn how to make an Xbox 360 game. And I looked all across North America uh, and I tried to find a in class class that would teach me how to make Xbox 360 games. And there wasn't anything there, there was no class, but there was this DVD set. So, again, I bought the DVD set, I went through it, and then out came a, a physical product. And so I decided to take that. Uh, because it worked so well for me, I decided to take that and give it to other people. So if someone wants to learn how to make a game in Construct 2, they can take my Construct 2 course where you can build 60 games in Construct 2 and you can take each one of those examples, you can upload them to the App Store, you can modify them, you can do whatever you want with them. And a lot of the games that I make and a lot of the apps uh, for example like with Swift uh, for iOS I make completely from scratch so you literally pull up everything from scratch you build everything you build the art there's no art assets that you actually download you build everything and get everything from the ground up and then you can ship it off to the App Store so having that kind of product at the end I feel is really important especially in the online education world so whatever you want to do, uh, try, uh, try to have the, per, uh, the student have something like at the end of it that they can add to their portfolio of their resume because at least with computer programming portfolio is a real important part of uh, of what employers look for.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, what I learned from you is that um, especially that's how we uh, you demark yourself from a classroom course where, you know, what a course is all about theory, but from, from what I understand, your courses are all about getting things done in the sense that it may be a, a 360 view of the whole process of building, creating the app and having it published in an app store, right?
1: absolutely so it's funny that you mentioned theory because most post-secondary like universities and colleges deal mostly with theory and that was one of the major deterrents for me from getting like a masters or a second undergraduate is I would look at the course curriculum and it would be like nothing but theory and very little practicality so with online learning I decided to hyperbolize the opposite where you get into your course and, you know, you can learn in literally one hour how to make a game and upload it to the App Store. I mean, that is something that people in, sometimes in computer science degrees, don't do until their fourth year. Where I say, you know, if you've got two hours on your Sunday evening, well, you can have an app on the App Store.
0: Mm-hmm. So now I'm trying to figure out, because uh, right now, you, know, we, you and I, we're both in the uh, app development world, but I'm trying to abstract this for people that are in different fields. Uh, what lesson could they learn from this? Um, so um, what do you think? I mean, I, I can already see less theory, more hands-on projects. That's what, that would be one, right?
1: Absolutely. So if you're if you're a graphic designer and you want to make a, a, a Photoshop course, you know, have it so that you maybe make something like 20 different ads or something like that so that the student at the end has a portfolio, right? And if you're teaching like an entrepreneurship course, maybe give them an outlet like Fiverr or something and, you know, at the end of that, say try to make as much money as you can on Fiverr and that you can use that as part of your portfolio
0: excellent I really like this advice yes it's very like call to action oriented and go back to the real life type of thing and stop but not just a theory but do something in the real world using real technology real companies that you can leverage out there yes absolutely okay so um, um, now your course quality is uh, really good um, so I'm, I wonder how uh, No, what tips would you have to get some good quality courses out there um, and without breaking the bank.
1: Okay, so at, at this point in time, cor- course creation is actually really, uh, it's is fairly inexpensive. So when I started, I've always kind of had a computer, like a, a really good computer, because I was doing development. And if I wasn't doing development, I was well, kind of playing games. But when you play games, you have a good enough computer to sure. make games, right? So the first thing is you have to get a decent computer and um, for me I've always kind of had one but most people I talk to who want to do this thing don't have a good computer so that would be your first bet the second thing that you might want to try doing is in that computer like a laptop has a camera it has uh, you, you know it has it has a screen you can make your course just nothing but screenshots and videos with your camera and you know maybe for an extra couple hundred bucks you can get uh, a blue yeti microphone and you can get some really good quality out of that so f- if I were to start new I would say get a good computer and if you don't have a computer a laptop's a really good bet and get some screen recording software uh, on PC I use uh, Camtasia and um, mm-hmm and you know just something that is not is not too expensive you know try two or three out don't buy anything yet just try which one you like first and and once you do that tr- try and get some cor- just try and get some screen caps out there one of the biggest tips to success that i have is make whatever you want to do a habit so if you want to produce screen cap uh, you know like screen recordings just mm-hmm. do it a lot until it's natural just like riding a bike
0: I see. So that uh, you waste less time because you're so used to do it that you know exactly in which order things are going to come. And um, basically, you would just cram up more content faster. Yes, definitely. Exactly. Okay. So uh, that's uh, that's a good way to start. And uh, now, um, course-wise, what would you advise? Um, um, go with what you already know the best as... Um, as content and um, and just produce one course for free? Or, how, how, you know, how would you put your first course out there?
1: Okay, so my, my first, so it, it's kind of funny. Before I joined Udemy, I tried to make a, a small, um, a small little tutorial series uh, okay. that was completely ad-based, right, because at the time, and this was uh, somewhere in 2010, you know, Udemy didn't exist and people who were paying, you know, who are buying courses, it wasn't really a, a kind of a central location, which I think is right. probably the best part about Udemy is that it brings people who want to learn online all the one place. So, you know, one of the things that I like is that, you know, if someone else makes a Udemy course, it brings them into this online uh, learning world. But uh, but anyway, I, I tried to make this course and it didn't really make that much money. Um, and then as soon as I saw Udemy, I said, that was that's an amazing idea. And I produced a 34-hour course on how to make games in Construct 2, mm-hmm. where you make everything from, uh, from the start here. And I got a few sales out of that. But one of the things that I really wish I could have told myself back in that day is to have a free course where you can get... The student's email address and to build your own list. Cause I started with, with practically no list. And it's actually kind of amazing that I, I kind of did what I did without a list. But if I had a list, I would probably have made so much more money. So definitely have some free content and make that content good. Uh, sometimes I see people's free courses and it's not very good. It's like kind of a sales uh, funnel. It's, you know, it's kind of right. Just, you know, since uh,
0: it's free, sometimes you think like you're not going to put as much effort into it than you're paid ones yes
1: yeah so just make like a half hour an hour of content of something useful and if it's useful people will like it and people will buy your course right that you know (laughs) even if it's whatever you want to do if it's making facebook ads or learning how to design in adobe illustrator or ios development doesn't matter what it is just make make that hour worthwhile to the student and they'll a a lot of people will appreciate it and they'll buy your stuff
0: okay thanks for the tips now um something that uh, you had that others did not is that you already had all this course content that you've already created before even getting on udemy so it was a a smoother um smoother entry than the majority of people right yeah
1: uh so I mean, I've always been kind of a workhorse. Um, I was, you know, at least in my twenties, I was the kind of person who would just stay up until all hours of the evening working on some kind of project. But uh, you know, it actually took me two weeks to upload my first course to you. To me, just because I didn't plan it very well. Uh, you know, exporting video is one of the the hardest or most it can be one of the most time-consuming processes uh, when it comes to uploading your co- uh, course so yeah it mm-hmm. took me two weeks to uh, to, to get there but uh, it gets easier over time and if if you want another tip it doesn't matter what you're doing is every time you work in a project you want to look back to see how you could um, and I have a 10-10-10 rule it's you want to make make the next project 10% better, 10% faster and make 10% more money. Now the last <laughs> one's kinda of hard to do because well making money is always hard no matter right. where you are but you know you can make your your products 10% better and 10% faster um, and you should strive for that so that's my 10-10-10 rule and, and you should try and do that so once you release your first course look back on what you could do to make it better and faster and more money and move that on. And after you've released your third, fourth, and fifth course, you'll be way ahead of where you were in the first course.
0: Okay. Now, we know that um, the majority of people that will start on Udemy already have a full-time job, you know. Uh, no one's going to just quit their job right away and say, okay, I'm going to go full-time on Udemy. Or the majority of people are still doing this on the side. Um, now, when do you think or how? Because we know that uh, the more courses right now, that's how it is. The more courses you put out there, uh, the more money you will make. It's kind of a fact right now. Um, what do you advise to someone that's thinking about quitting their job? Uh, what, when would be a good time to do so? So,
1: Quitting your job—I mean, it depends on what kind of job you you have, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you have like a really good, let's say, banking job that pays you six figures a year, you want to make sure that you have enough money saved up for probably about six to nine months. Uh, Of living expenses. Um, But the other thing you can do, and I've seen lots of people do this all the time, is you know, they get two or three months of good solid income and they just go right on in. Uh, You know, when I started not working, because I've always had like more or less gigs because I was more of a freelancer, but I stopped freelancing uh, sometime in 2011 and I just, you know, I just had enough money saved up and Udemy just kept on making more money. But at the same time, one of the hardest things you have to to understand when you quit your job is you have to work as hard at what you're going to do as you did in the job. Because, you know, like if you work at a standard 40 hour work week, you're you're gonna be working eight, nine hours a day. But when people quit their job, they work like two or three and they you know, you have to make sure that you work. And yes. keep that same level of um, same level of time up right. uh, as and you uh, did
0: with your job. You bring up a good point because it, it sounds like it would be easy, but once you're there, it's not that easy because you don't have this rigid structure from the nine to five job, where you know your body naturally wakes up at nine and, and or you know or even before, and then you just go to work and do your routine. Uh, here, you're basically your own boss, so you have to put the pressure of the boss on yourself. That, that you may not have there. And uh, that's one of the main problems. And I do have th- this issue to myself. Uh, don't take me wrong. It's not easy to get there all the time.
1: Yeah, no, I, I have that issue. I think everybody has that issue mm-hmm. uh, just because it's, it's hard to self-motivate yourself. But you know, it's, um, you know, most of us are raised to have that kind of job. And school has definitely te- taught you to be in that kind of job. But what school doesn't teach you is, you know, to be an entrepreneur. You know, it's different levels uh, or different checks, size of checks each month. You know, working at your own pace. Uh, there are some schools that do that in in the world that will teach you how to work at your own pace. But you know, the way I do it is, I want to make sure that I work efficiently. So I try to get at least two hours of content out every day. Okay, and. If I try to, if I get more than that, that's great. If I don't, um, I try to make it up on the next day. But it's just something like you know, two hours a day, set a small goal and try to, to achieve that. And if that goal is, is good enough, then you'll ha- be making more money. So as long as you set your goals and try your hardest to achieve them, you'll probably do fine.
0: Yes, and uh, you bring up something that I like, is that you're saying two hours of content a day. Um, What I like, John, about what you're saying is that um, as an entrepreneur, people have to understand that this is the core or the meat of your business. You know, if you don't produce this new content, then it's it's like you're not producing anything new. Now, obviously, this is not just all. You know, this is what's going to keep your business running in the future by adding new content to it. But you have to understand that on top of this, there is everything that goes around content creation, you know, all the marketing side and all these things, all the non-sexy things that we still have to do, right, John? So how do you take care of this?
1: Okay, so what's, what some people do is they don't, an, don't answer their emails till late in the day. And mm-hmm. this is something that... Um, I'm trying to do more, but you know, since I'm right now, I'm mostly a one-man operation. It's hard to do that because if I get some urgent email, I have to kind of deal with it right away. Yes. But but a lot of people, you know, they they push the email past two o'clock in the day, and I think that's a really good idea. But going back to what you want to produce is, I have uh, different levels of projects. I have bigger projects that take years, smaller project that takes months. Uh, even smaller projects that takes maybe weeks and then projects that take a day to do so you always want to make sure that uh, you you try and get something done every day and I always say that you know if you get something small done every day and then add that up over a large period of time you get a lot of a lot of things done so by adding in two hours a day uh, you know I get like one or two apps courses or one or two apps kind of uh, done in the day, and then I can add those to a course in a month.
0: Excellent. And also something that I'd like to add on top of what you just said is that the fact that you do these two hours mandatory a day, it gives you a certain routine that forces you to not give up in the sense that you're like, oh, I've been doing this for so long, so I have to do it today. You know, and it's like going to the gym on a, on a regular basis. One, the, the Starting is the hardest, but once you're in this routine, it's easier to uh, get the ball rolling, right?
1: Absolutely, and and this, this is something that that you touch on with the gyms. Like some people, you know, they might be really good at committing to one thing, but not another. So if you go to the gym regularly um, and you want to put out courses, put whatever passion you had into going to the gym into your courses. You you already know how to do it once. You just have to transfer that over to another area, and if you can do that transfer you know your kind of ambition and your passion to another area it doesn't matter what area you're going to do in the future if you can transfer it over you'll be successful
0: okay so let's say somebody you know just start and start to be have some kind of a success on 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 udemy or any online courses place and uh, they start making okay money um what would they do to take it to the next level as an as an entrepreneur
1: so the the one thing that you should definitely not do is stop Right. So mm-hmm. it's a lot of people I find they, they make a lot of money with one course and they just kind of stop doing it. And for me it's it's never been like that. Ever since two thousand and eleven, it's been kind of go, go, go. You know, this course there's a sense of urgency that has to be done with the next course, right? I really need to make that next course and make it as quickly as and as efficiently as I can. So once you start making money, um, the And you have the time, like if you had a job and you now have the time, you can maybe go and try and expand your business, try to reach out to, you know, just kind of go to meetups, kind of go to, um, uh, yeah, just basically meetups and trying to get your connections uh, world, uh, worldwide, uh, go to different conferences and try and become speakers, et cetera. So that's what I would do
0: okay and um so i was thinking that um you and i we have a similar problem uh when it comes to um you know to running a business and uh, i know we're not the only instructors uh we've seen a uh, lot of success on you know uh on udemy and uh, we arrived to a point where um it would be great if we could delegate tasks, you know, some things that, that we do on a daily basis or some things that we wish we could do but we just don't have enough time for it because they may not be worth our time. It's better to focus on something that we know will bring in revenues than other things that are a bit more risky. Um, and uh, I wish personally that uh, I could delegate more of the things and that's one of the, my objectives in 2016, uh, you know, get this virtual assistant to take care of some of the, you know, those routine tasks that could definitely be automated. Um, is, is that something that you're planning on doing as well?
1: Yes, actually, probably very, uh, very shortly, um, kind of March, April. I'm definitely getting an office, and I'm starting to hire people to to do some of the tasks uh, for, for for several reasons. One, like ever since you know 2011, it's just been me doing everything, mm-hmm. and you know I would like to maybe focus just more on the course creation. Mm-hmm. And you know, for example, like part of my day is you know I'm having fun making these let's say games in unreal for instance and then I got to send out a promotion. It's not that I don't like sending out promotions, but I have to kind of stop what I'm doing, switch gears and then send out that promotion or I have to stop gears, get like edit my video and then kind of go back to it. So the the thing uh, the thing that you want to do Uh, with your money is, and this is probably another good tip, is to try and save as much money as you can and invest it. This is what I found that the 1% do in a lot of countries. they, They tend to make their money and then they tend to invest it. So if you save your money and you invest it, your money is making more money as you're doing something else. So if you invest your money, you'll have extra room to go and hire people if something happens like a bad month or two. Um, but essentially, if you do that, you can start to hire people and you always want to start small. So I'm probably going to hire mm-hmm. a couple people to start off and then grow from there.
0: Yeah. That's already a lot. I mean, uh, hiring a couple of people in the United States, that's already uh, quite a feat uh, to undertake. Uh, I, myself, doesn't even want to try that, even though, you know, I may be able to hire one person. But still, um, right now, my VA, I do have, a, you know, five to ten hour VA and, um, you know, um, and it's all uh, outsourcing type of thing. So. Um, so you know props to you by uh wanting to uh, to do that i mean it's a big deal you you're probably gonna get better results for this uh than you know because you're like right next to the to the people and definitely this is a big plus when the people are working right next to you uh it's a lot more efficient and uh, it's easier to to you know pass your ideas and 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 collaborate together but obviously yes it's you know it is a big deal to take an office and do all of this so um uh you know good luck to you that's gonna be a tough one, but obviously you know. The, the sky is the limit
1: yeah I mean I'm it's whenever scaling your business can crush even the biggest businesses yeah. so it's something that I've been thinking about for the last nine months actually uh, on how to effectively do it so once you uh, once you learn how to scale um, a business it's actually a really good skill and, and you probably will be able to uh, consult after that uh, but right. but definitely the one but you brought up a really good point. Uh, I've been outsourcing, and I feel that I can get maybe a B plus quality out of it. But if I have someone right next to me, I can get A plus quality, and that's why Absolutely. you should probably, you know, even get. People to work at a location.
0: Yes, and uh, sometimes you know the difference between a B plus and an A is huge. You know, like this extra one percent that they put in can make the difference between making you know a five figure income to a seven figure income. Sometimes you know, or I mean, I, I might be exaggerating, but uh, you guys get my point. Absolutely,
1: no, I absolutely agree with you. You know, if you uh, like when when you work online and when you specifically work for email, there's a lot of Stuff that just kind of gets either misunderstood or omitted, and you've already paid the person, so you kind of just release it anyway. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, and it's B plus, you know, kind of A minus. So you're like, okay, I guess this is good. But if you if you get to that person that's sitting next to you and be like, if you do it this way, it will be so much better. And you know, people really do respond to quality. So going from five figures to seven figures is not unreasonable in that case.
0: Okay. Thanks for making me feel better. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, okay. So um, now I know that uh, you've been working on something very interesting lately. Um, so tell us more about uh, what you're up to now.
1: Okay. Um, so, um, so one thing that I, I do is I upload my courses to Udemy. Um, and I also have my own platform on Teachable. And... For any teachers out there, I highly recommend getting a Teachable because you can get the students email. So you can give away like that free half-hour, free-hour content um, and get their email address and build your list and then you can go into MailChimp and you can send announcements Uh, and that way is probably one of the best ways to scale your business. In fact that is the way how I scaled my business from 2011 to now is just simply getting People's email address, building a list on Udemy, etc., and then and um, then moving over. And uh, I should also mention that the the third place which I want, uh, which I like uploading courses to, is Adobe Know How. And if you don't know, mm. it's it's actually kind of an unknown place, but yeah. Adobe Know How is well Adobe, and it's kind of like Adobe's answer to Udemy. So. It's something that I highly recommend you check out as well. Yeah, I saw really it,
0: but, um, you know, I think it's very uh, specifically targeted to, uh, you know, when it comes to the artist world. Am I wrong or, you know, like creative type of artist world or, I mean, that's what I saw there. So I'm like, you know, I'm a, I'm a developer. I don't think I, I would fit there. What do, you, what do you have to say about it?
1: Um, well, Adobe know, See, it's funny about Adobe Know How because obviously it's Adobe, and Adobe makes those kind of products. Right. It's, so it I makes assume. sense. Yeah. yeah, it makes sense for Adobe to have that kind of marketplace. However, everyone wants to learn how to code now, so I, I have been talking to some of the heads at mm-hmm. Adobe Know How, and they definitely want to uh, focus on development and and other and essentially kind of make it like a Udemy. Uh, platform, as far as I can tell. So if you haven't uploaded a course, I highly recommend uploading a course to Adobe Know how. They're, they've got a big uh, a big uh, kind of list as to um, what kind of students they could potentially bring. So mm-hmm. there's, there's always that as well.
0: Okay. So you're saying that maybe somebody has courses about uh, Facebook advertising or maybe Twitter, social media, and things like this, you think that at some point, or if not already, they can already um, push their content there?
1: absolutely i think oh, that uh, they they could do that and of course graphic designers need to know about facebook ads as well so right definitely
0: uh, yeah okay well thanks for the tip john um okay yes i'm sorry i, I caught you uh, keep on going so oh by the way before i before i let you go um you said that uh, you're on teachable what do you mean by by that are you on the teachable website or do you use the teachable wordpress uh template
1: um I, I use the uh, the teachable platform. Uh okay, so, so teachable.com like, is that where it is? Um it's it's actually at training.mammothinteractive.com. Okay. and I'm actually offering something that's really awesome this month. Uh this month if you go to the link uh, below in this uh where where you see this this podcast okay. here. I put the um, link there. I'm, Yeah, I'm uh, I'm putting a a discount on my on my yearly subscription. Now, what's cool about this is that you'll get a a dis, uh a discount for, forever and it's 249 and instead of 349 and the cool part about this is that all of my Udemy courses are on the subscription. Okay? Every single course that I've ever created is on the subscription. So you get you get that and this year I'm actually planning something really big in the next couple months so if you get it today and this offer will not be around forever uh, so if you get it today in a couple months you'll see uh, a very very cool thing that I'm gonna add to it but not only that you will not only get all the courses that I've ever produced on Udemy and, th- and again this is on how to build apps and upload them to the app store how to build games and um, I have at this point Uh, something like 360 courses uh, on on my site and uh, thousands and thousands of videos so it's a very good deal and in addition to that uh, you will get a 15-minute phone call with me so if you're a teacher I can help you with your goals on how to become a, a success on Udemy how to become a success at teaching here and this is only available if you buy with the
0: coupon below Oh, well, wow. thank you, John. And uh, I have to say um, that is a really good deal. I have to be honest with you guys out there. Um, John, I mean, I already saw what, whatever John had produced already a couple of years ago and the amount of content is just huge. For, so for that price, you know, it's, it's a no-brainer. If you plan on doing anything that has to do with um, any type of development, app development, game development, then definitely um, you, it's definitely worth its weight in, in gold. So thank you, John. And and the fifteen minute definitely you know the fifteen minute call that's an extra bonus on top of this. Um, I'm sure you know people can you know, pick pick your brain for something that's very specific to their business or the, their area, and and uh, I'm sure you, uh, this this has lots of value on its own already.
1: Absolutely, and so yeah. So we, uh, so if you get the subscription, I have a course on how I make money on, on Udemy, and some of uh, what you heard of today is in that course. But there's a lot more in that in that course, which is again on the subscription. So you get the 50 minute call, you get all of my Udemy courses, plus that course that shows you how to make money on Udemy uh, on Udemy.com, and again, you can ask me anything you uh, want, any kind of technical question doesn't matter what it is you know how do I, I make so much money on udemy i can cover all that in the 15
0: minute call well john thanks for everything and uh well we're gonna stop here i know we can keep on going uh, you, you know your source of knowledge and uh, anyone could just appreciate that and even for myself so i could keep on going but uh, we're gonna let it go here um again thanks for everything and um i hope to hear from you soon and uh and you know, hopefully maybe get, get you uh, another day on the podcast and talk about uh, another part of your business that we could all uh, maybe try to clone and get results out. So again, thanks for everything. Is there anything you'd like to say before we go? Uh, well, just
1: um, you can follow me at Mammoth Company at Twitter, on Twitter. and if you want to check out my website, you can go to www.mammothinteractive.com. It was a pleasure to talk with you
0: today. Thank you, John. Keep in touch.
1: Absolutely. Thank you again.
0: Go to iosonlinecourses.com slash business. If you enjoyed this episode and you found any kind of value, please go to iTunes and rate this podcast and leave a review. More instructors will benefit from it.